Welcome to American Players Theatre Talk Backs to Go. I'm Buzz Kemper, and I invite you to take a walk up the hill with Orange Schroeder and me as Orange talks with actors James DeVita and James Ridge and director Tim O'Sell about APT's 2019 production of The Book of Will by Lauren Gunderson. We're here to talk about Lauren Gunderson's new play, The Book of Will, and I'm happy to have with me uh, three guests today, director Tim O'Sell, James Ridge, who's playing John Hemmings, and James DeVita, who's playing Henry Condell. This is a very exciting production for APT, in part because, as I said, it's a really recent play, and it's about one of our favorite playwrights, uh, William Shakespeare. Lauren Gunderson is a playwright who is American. She was born in Atlanta in 1982, and she holds the distinction of being the most produced living playwright in America today. What do you think makes her work so popular? Uh, accessibility. I would say accessibility. And, and it, it, an extreme amount of heart plus some brain stuff going on. She writes, she writes about real people. And these are real people, but of course not in, in current uh, times. But I think she makes it makes it accessible and contemporary, so that we feel that they're they're yeah. living. Yeah, it's interesting. The language in the play uh, has a contemporary kind of structure to it. Occasionally, the vocabulary goes Elizabethan on us, but mostly it's contemporary vocabulary and contemporary structure and contemporary comic structure. So there's that. Uh, it's also written in a, but uh, uh, it's also written kind of as a Shakespearean middle comedy. There's a lot of scenes. They go, they bounce, they, they flow into each other like a middle comedy does. And there's also uh, the darker edges, the crises that propels the comedy uh, is, will the book with the folio get printed? There's a lot of obstacles to that. And you mentioned the folio. I um, know that the play takes place after Shakespeare's death. And many of us, when we think about Shakespeare's works, assume that he wrote them down, published them, got royalties for them during his lifetime. But that wasn't really the case. Uh, what, what is the importance of the first folio and, and what happens to it after he, um, what happens to his plays after he passes away? Uh, the, uh, there was no complete printing of Shakespeare's plays in his lifetime. And the only ones that were printed, and it was maybe half of them, I think 18 of them have quartos, which is the smaller book. A quarto is a piece of paper folded in fourths, so there's eight pages to it. Uh, a folio is only folded once, so it's a larger version, like a big, like the Gutenberg Bible. So, um, and these were printed on the Gutenberg Press, actually. But the quartos, whoever got to them and published them first had the right to print them. The Kingsmen had the right to perform them, but uh, whoever got to them first, there were no copyrights. Yeah, yeah, no copyright laws yeah. until 100 years later, I think they started. Yeah, yeah, they were not protecting playwrights at all um, during this time. Uh, ben Johnson had produced his folio of his plays, but he paid for that. He had the money to do that. Shakespeare, no, none, none of them were truly printed by the King's Men during, this, uh, during his lifetime. So let's talk about the King's Men. I assume that uh, John Hemmings and Henry Condell were members of that group? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, 
talk about his Shakespeare's fellows? Uh, well, they, uh, I know that the, the acting company, they all own shares in the company, and uh, John Hemmings ended up being the, the manager, the money guy, the Excel sheet spreadsheet guy. Um, and he also owned shares in The Globe, um, started out as an actor, though, right, Jim? Or, he started yes, out as a grocer. He was okay, a before that, he was yeah, before apprenticed that. Mm-hmm. as a grocer, and the woman he married uh, had been previously married to an actor when she was fourteen, something like 16, that. 15, yes. uh, married to this fellow for two years, was killed by a fellow actor, and then John married her at seventeen, and. You we are surmising, at least in our world, in the play, that that's how he was introduced to the world of players and the theater. And, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he lived longer than than most of the other king original King's Men. John did yes. to the ripe old age of sixty-two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is very old for back then. Which is very old. Yeah. yeah. And what about Henry? Uh, well, Henry was an actor in the company and um, good friends with John. And uh, from the best that we can tell, and I think he was not a lead actor all the time. That we some of the mentions in the play, but he had some good roles like Mercutio, mm-hmm. and, and would understudy go on for. In this play, he goes on for Falstaff and Henry IV. Yes, um, for him. So I think of him as a as a secondary player. Is kind of how I think of him. Talented, but not a lead. Yeah, it seems that Burbage, who is in the first scene of the Book of Will, is the the star lead actor of the company when the play opens, mm-hmm. and uh, Henry's playing secondary roles, and John is totally in the office now, not on stage mm-hmm. at all. It's interesting in the folio. The folio prints a list of the King's Men who perform the play. So all of the names that were familiar with are on there and it's and Shakespeare's the first one in the list although they're not sure whether that was for formality or because he was a lead actor they're not really sure about that and then Burbage is next and then John Hemmings mm-hmm. and then there's a bunch of names and then it's Henry mm-hmm. so that's interesting to me um we talk in the play what a good actor John was John was yeah, yeah really really good actor and it seems like when he was younger, he was doing all of these lead roles. And in a way, probably before Burbage was doing them, mm-hmm. at least the early stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They also talk about in the play that he had a, a stutter. Yes. Um, and I don't know. I like to think that that started happening as he got older. Like Olivier mm-hmm. talks about the older he got, the more stage fright he was yeah. susceptible to. And I... I like to think that his stutter started right, <laughs> right. later in his career. Is like, oh, somebody's going to find me out. I'm yeah. not really very good at this. I'm, I'm really a yeah. grocer at heart. Right, right. And the management too, just to... We know a lot of older actors now that are leaving right, the right. business because they, they want to get something a little more secure, something that has money coming in. That's right. No, so it yes. happens sometimes when you get a little older. It's like If you've seen Shakespeare in Love, Henry and uh, John are both in that those characters are in that movie and the guy who stammers at and does the beginning of the Romeo and Juliet sequence is that's John Hemmings so you've probably encountered these guys before in other films possibly is the stammer going to be part of your characterization Uh, 
Yeah, there are a couple of places where Lauren wrote it it's in. It's written in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it gets uh, tense in the first. There's a, there's a lot of contemporary issues in the play. I mean, the idea of bullying, mm-hmm. the stammering and the bullying that happens in the first, in the first scene, the idea of um, being accosted is in the play. Uh, it's it's done gently, but that's there. The idea of um, women becoming empowered through their own um, their own energies. Uh, there's an interesting scene for the three women when they discover the poems that have been published by Lady Lanyer, and they're shocked that she actually got published. Now maybe she's paying for it herself, whatever, but still the fact that she's using her own name on these poems and they find them, that actually, it's kind of like, oh my God, a, you know, a woman voted kind of thing. You know I mean? It's, it's just kind of unheard of. And who are the women characters? Uh, it's it's uh, Rebecca, who is John's wife, uh, Elizabeth, who is Henry's wife, and Alice, who is uh, John and Becky's daughter are the main three women in the play. And then Lady Lanyer has one scene. At one point in the play, they go to her for money because she's uh, married wealthy. But supposedly she was Shakespeare's mistress, and um, she was she's the dark lady in the sonnets. What yeah. I find interesting, if you've seen the movie All is True, you find out that the dark lady is actually Ian McKellen, you know, that it's actually a man, but it was made a woman for the sonnet. So anyway, so I, it's all very interesting. So clearly we have a fascination with Shakespeare today and, and who he really was and what happened to his plays. What, what would have happened if the first folio had not been published? Uh, we would have lost probably half of the plays. We would have lost As You Like It, Anthony and Cleopatra, I think the Scottish play, all uh, the, half of the plays had never been printed in quarto, mm-hmm. and when the play starts, we're uh, the fire has already happened at the Globe, and a lot of the plays have been lost, and they haven't performed all the plays in the canon for a while. It's not like they're they're performing every all thirty six or so plays. They're also performing Ben Jonson plays. They're they're performing things by Fletcher. They're performing other things, not just Shakespeare. And what came down to us probably would have been much more corrupted than we had. Absolutely, whatever, yes. Whatever did survive was extremely corrupted. Yes. Was stolen and copied by boys in the theater. And, yes. Um, <clears throat> so there's no overs- oversight on the, the no. scripts that did come. No, and there are several plays that have more than one quarto, and each quarto is different. Like the King Lear quartos are very different from each other. Really bad. Really bad. (laughs) Really bad. And the play does start out with a really bad Hamlet Mm -hmm. performance from a bad quarto. Just to bring home the fact that as theater lovers at APT, we owe a a great debt of thanks to these fellows of Shakespeare's who helped helped rescue all this work. And also to Lauren Gunderson for telling the story. And to those of you who bring it to the stage, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. American Players Theater Talk Backs to Go is a co-production of Orange Tree Imports and Audio for the Arts. 
please find us on iTunes and YouTube under APT Talkbacks to Go. Our theme song is called Play in the Woods and is written and performed by myself, Ben Ferris, Tyler Willenbrink, Noah Gilfillan, Elliot Gilfillan, Grant Blaschka, and Susan Hofer. With Orrin Schroeder, I'm Buzz Kemper. Thank you for listening. Co-production of Orange Tree Imports and Audio for the Arts.